Stay tuned till the end for information about the Uncommon Commons Patreon. Uncommon Commons is a horror anthology podcast written and recorded by George Plank and Alex Vitale. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Today's story was One of Us, written by George Plank. why if you listen to what the government tells you and don't think too hard you'll live a much simpler life and with just 15 easy payments to our prayer line too true too true john what are you listening to oh uh, this it's um you mean this thing it's just uh uh oh uh what uh this um this well i Uh, yes john what is that oh (laughs) this Uh, Well, let me check the box. The prosperity teachings of the esteemed Reverend William Cracker. Oh, John. Only old women and cats left home on vacation listen to that sort of thing. Where did you even get it, anyways? I found it. And since we already had a tape deck, uh, you remember the one we heard you die on over and over again? I'm familiar. I figured I should at least give it a listen. It's been pretty insightful so far. How so? Here, let me play some of my favorite parts. Brothers and no one else, sin isn't a place. You can't get an apartment in sin. You can't find a job to feed a family in sin. So why do so many of you insist on living in sin? Nope, not that one. When I look up to the sky, do you know what I see? I see 15 angels, all named Ned. And no one likes Ned, especially right now. Am I right, folks? Can I get an amen? Amen. Not that one either. God's real name is Krembulakum Biber. She has 36 eyes, 67 arms, one leg, and 11 big toes. Now, I saw some of you perk up at the last part. You sickened me. But Krembulak forgives, but never forgets. Can I get an amen? Amen! Oh, I am not letting that slide. This is Sniggledy Figuration, and I am not having it. Oh, come on, Jane. Can't all belief systems coexist in harmony? No. I'm right, and everyone else is wrong. Oh, cool! My William Cracker quarter of the hourly came in. Oh, no you don't. Only approved reading in this apartment building. (sighs) Reverend Cracker said we'd be persecuted for our beliefs. Just read. Blair had held her breath for about as long as she possibly could. She exhaled, and the air from her lungs forced itself to the surface of the water in large, misshapen bubbles. The hand on her shoulder gripped her tight as another on the small of her back started to raise her out of the water. She breached the surface and gasped for air. The first breath of her new life. The others who had all been watching clapped and cheered, and Blair grinned from ear to ear. She wiped the water and hair out of her eyes just in time to see all her best friends in their ceremonial purple robes rushing out into the pond to join her. She looked up at the Chosen, who had relinquished his hold of her. He smiled from beneath his cowl and gestured towards the others. Blair didn't need more than that. She tried her best to approximate running in hip-high water and made a beeline straight for her best friend, Stacy. The two of them clasped hands and started leaping up and down, creating small waves in the surface of the water. You did it! You did it! Of course I did! I had to! 
Stacy was a whole six months older than Blair, and she reminded her every chance she got. Oh, I don't suppose you got an invite to the Phlox Ice Cream Social. Appointed Robbins just lent me this really good album. After my pledging, I had so many invites to the formal, I didn't know what to do. I asked the Chosen for a special prayer, and he made it his talking point in the weekly shepherding. Well, no more. She was now of age and a fully-fledged member of the flock. The others stepped forward to offer their congratulations. We're so proud of you. Welcome to the flock. This is a big step for every young person to take. They all wore big smiles in addition to their finest purples. To Blair, however, the thought of not pledging herself to the flock was never even a possibility. From the moment her parents moved to Wilkinsville, she had been surrounded by members of the flock. Her parents, teachers, and even local business owners were all members. It always seemed like something she was going to do at some point, and that point was now. Not once since she started attending shepherding had the members been anything other than welcoming and accepting to her. And now, with all of them huddled over her, she felt like she truly belonged. The group began reciting the proclamations of the first chosen. Many are the flock, flock, but one one is the shepherd. shepherd. I look to them chosen to shepherd for guidance. Blair closed her eyes and bent her head before joining in. Without those chosen, I am lost. Next Tuesday, she sat with her parents and the rest of the main flock. She had been given a new purple cloak as a pledging gift. She ran her hands up and down her lap, feeling the cloak's velvety texture underneath. From here, she could appreciate the architecture of the pasture. The building was originally the Wilkinsville Community Center, but over the years and many generations of flock members contributing their time and talents, this pasture was carved out like a catacomb below the earth, underneath the original building. Blair turned herself around to look up at the balcony. To think, she had been up there with the rest of the unpledged just a week ago. She met eyes with Dylan, a younger person she had met back when the two of them were in Cossack Club together. He waved, and she turned herself so she faced towards the dais. She smirked a little to herself. I bet he's so jealous that he isn't down here with the rest of the flock. She glanced behind again. Dylan was now chatting with another young member of the congregation. Look at him, not wearing any purple. I'm so glad I chose to pledge myself to the flock. It's better like this. I'm a better me because of it. I'm better. I'm better than him. Her attention snapped back to the front of the pasture as the Chosen made his way to the dais. Every member of the flock stood in unison. Even as far back as she was, she was taken in by the fine purple accenting on his otherwise silky white robe. His broad chin jutted out from the ornate mask he wore on such occasions. Some say he wears that mask at all times. Others say he takes off the mask to better blend in and walk freely amongst the flock. A shepherd in sheep's clothing, if you will. The wool of the world has been shorn. At At last last I can can see. see. The appointed may lead. Members of the flock at the ends of each row stood up and began ushering people towards the dais. Blair could hardly contain her excitement. It was her first shepherding as a member of the flock, and she was going to taste the wine of the farmer. She had asked her mom once what it tasted like. She said it was like the contentment of a full stomach and the joy of wanting for nothing. Father said it tasted like despair for the world outside. 
Blair always imagined that it would be sweet and warm, like the finest cider or cordial. When she arrived at the front of the dais and the appointed lifted the ceremonial cup to her lips, she could barely contain her excitement. She limited herself to a single sip, careful not to get a single drop of crimson on her new robes. She licked her lips, savoring every drop. It certainly wasn't as sweet as she had imagined, but it was also less bleak than Father described. If anything, she thought it tasted like old pennies. Kind of almost metallic. She attempted to make eye contact with the people up close to the front. They were among the oldest and most dedicated to the flock. There were no appointed to lead them. They moved as the chosen wished without having to be told so. They were the first to drink of the wine and among the last to leave the pasture. One day, thought Blair, I'll be permitted to sit that close to the chosen. The rest of the shepherding continued without incident. Blair smiled as she believed she was playing her part perfectly. She stood when she was supposed to. She knelt when she was supposed to. She even remembered every call and response that was ushered. Even some long-time flock members still needed the help of a pamphlet. I love you all, my beloved flock. But the world doesn't always love us. We must stick together or else risk falling apart completely. Which is why we must now turn our attention to the community. There is one in the midst of our small town who lives in sin and depravity. One who, if left unchecked, will poison our flock and seek to spread iniquity in our group. Some of you may know him already. Others may readily call him your friend. I'm here today, dear flock, to tell you that Trevor Feldstein is not your friend. A murmur descended on the crowd. From all around, Blair could hear people uttering grievances about Trevor. Oh, I always knew he was trouble. I suspected he might not be a team player. Do you see the way he dresses? No person with any moral backing would act the way he does. Blair said nothing. She knew Trevor only in passing. He seemed nice enough. He ran the butcher shop on the corner. Sometimes he would give her a little extra when she picked up her groceries for the week. She didn't think she had ever seen him without a smile on his face. Could he really be as bad as the Chosen said? Please, please, my flock, let us not turn our pasture into a place of hate. No one is beyond the redemption of the flock. We will be conducting a community outreach event on Thursday evening. We will meet in the park and walk as a unified group to the object of our derision. The Chosen dismissed the flock and the gathered dispersed. Stacy shot Blair a quick text message. They agreed to meet just outside the ice cream parlor after the two of them went home and changed out of their robes. Blair wasn't quite ready to give up the comfort that the robe provided, but she reluctantly hung it up in a sealed, moisture-controlled bag. She refused to become one of those people who let their robes become wrinkled and fall into disrepair. The ice cream parlor in town, Parlor Tricks, was just a block behind Patty's Diner. Blair stood outside with a bag slung over her shoulder, keeping a watchful eye out for her friend. Stacy turned the corner over by Earl's gas station. The two ran to meet each other halfway down the street and embraced before turning and walking back to Parlor Tricks. So, how'd you like your first shepherding as a member of the flock? It was so good. The bell in the door jingled as the two of them walked in. Hey, you girls. Hey, Percy. How'd you like this morning shepherding? Oh, it was great. 
Percy recently took ownership of Parlor Trick after the last owner suddenly left town. Since then, it had become a regular meeting spot for members of the flock. Looking out over the room, Blair could recognize a dozen or so faces from this morning. Some of them came straight over and were still wearing their robes, seemingly unafraid to have them speckled with a little rum raisin. The two of them got their cones from Percy and found a small bench outside on which to sit. How's the coffee flavor? Pretty good. You want a taste? Uh, No, thank you. Uh, The Chosen says that caffeine is for those who can't remain vigilant for the flock. Oh, well, I don't think there's all that much in here. Besides, I only get it for the taste. Blair took a moment to collect her thoughts. Hey, so, about Trevor. I know! Can you believe someone like that was living right here in our community? Yeah, it's, uh, it's wild. I just don't know if an outreach event is really necessary. Stacy stopped mid-lick and put her ice cream down. Blair, what are you trying to say? Maybe he's not that bad? Are you questioning the Chosen's judgment right now? No, no, of course not. Oh, good. Stacy looked genuinely relieved. You're lucky that no one else was out here to hear you say that. Comments like that can live with you forever. Plus, if you waver, it really messes with your chance of becoming one of the appointed. Really? Mm-hmm. Stacy took a small bite of her ice cream cone and surveyed the mostly empty street. You didn't hear this from me, but they think you have a lot of promise. They talk about me? Oh, yeah! They say they can't think of another young person with as much dedication to the flock as you. <laughs> she chortled. Except... Maybe me. Oh, just something to think about. It certainly was. For the next few days, it was all that Blair could think about. She stared at the bag containing her robe in the closet up until the moment she put it on on Thursday. There was already a small group when she arrived at the park about a half hour early. Many of them already had their hoods pulled over their head and had their faces obscured from view. By hook and by crook, As the sun crested behind the hills and the once blue sky was now as red as the rim of the cup of the farmer's wine, more and more robed individuals started showing up. Blair felt a tap on her shoulder and turned to see no one there before she realized what had happened. She turned the other way to see Stacy laughing at her own little prank. Real funny. A hush fell over the congregation as the Chosen started talking. The wool of the world has been shorn. At last, At last I can, I can see. see. Flock, today we extend our hand to the community. There is a snake in our midst, and we must drive them out. The appointed will provide. Feed my lambs. The appointed went around to every member, individually handing each person a short stick with an alcohol-soaked rag at the end of it. The Chosen led the group through the streets of the perpetually quiet town. The clatter of shoes on the pavement was drowned out by the sounds of the masses reciting proclamations of the first. We We are are many, many. the The flock flock is one. Many Many is the flock, flock, but one one is the shepherd. shepherd. They lined themselves outside of the butcher shop. Shoulder to shoulder, they formed a ring around the front quarter of the building. The chosen's torch was already lit. With it, he lit two of the appointed's torches, and they in turn lit the two of the people next to them. The fire spread from torch to torch down both sides of the line. Stacy lit Blair's torch, and Blair lit her parents. The Chosen stepped forward and spoke to the gathered flock. 
In ancient days, people would pledge themselves to the emperor by reaching their hands into an open fire. Today, we pledge ourselves in water, so we do outreach with fire. Trevor has rebuked our message of kindness, our mission of peace. Blair, will you join me up front? Me, thought Blair. Why would the Chosen want me? She was nervous, but also excited. She separated herself from the group and joined the Chosen in front of the window to the shop. Blair is the newest member of our flock, but she is not new to us. She has been with us for her whole life, and she has pledged herself for her whole life. She has chosen the correct path for herself. Now we ask that you make a path for us. The Chosen pressed something large and heavy into Blair's hand. It felt cold and hard. She didn't need to look down to know what she had been given. Instead, she looked up into the eyes of the Chosen. Though much of his face was obscured behind the mask, his smile radiated a brilliant warmth that comforted Blair, while his eyes encouraged her forward. Blair took a step forward and raised the brick above her head. The crowd cheered, and she lobbed it through the window of the butcher shop. The pane of glass shattered into a million tiny pieces, and no sooner had it given way, she saw a hailstorm of fire cascade above her head. Members of the flock screamed in unison as one by one they threw their lit torches into the butcher shop. The fire spread quickly, and soon both stories were ablaze. Some clattering could be heard coming from the second floor. The side door of the building swung open and Trevor ran out. His face wore a combination of terror and pain as he was engulfed in flames. The flock closed the circle tighter around him, leaving him nowhere to run. After a minute, he passed out due to shock and his body burned for another thirty. The fire department was on the scene almost as soon as the butcher stopped writhing. They had been able to save the building, but not Trevor. A couple glowing embers danced on the light midsummer breeze. Blair stared at the charred husk that was once the butcher shop. The Chosen rested his hand firmly on Blair's shoulder. You've done good work today. The Shepherd Leads Whether by hook or by crook, it is not the will of the flock to question his direction. The flock knows that the shepherd does what is in their best interest, so they follow. Before we go, we have a couple of announcements. Firstly, I'd like to congratulate Charlie for taking on the task of refurbishing the rundown butcher shop and turning it into another thriving business for our community. The fire was a tragedy, but like a phoenix, we can always rise from the ashes. It fills me with such joy to see another business in the hands of a member of the flock. Second, our annual Harvest Fest is fast approaching. I know Tom over at the hardware store has been working non-stop on our maze. So, please remember to invite someone. Wilkinsville is, by all accounts, a small town. But things can change pretty quickly if you aren't paying attention. After the shepherding, Blair and Stacy met outside Otto's Pizza. The two hugged each other and jumped up and down in excitement. Oh my goodness, how are you? I'm doing great. It feels like forever since I've seen you. The two of them made their way inside. Stacy ordered two of the house specials. Otto flashed them both a dazzling smile before returning with two slices of pizza. Here you go, girls. The two took a seat over by the window. So, Dish, how are things over at Afusius County University? 
It's going great. Classes are tough, though. I'm glad I was able to escape for a little bit. I miss the weekly shepherdings. But you're still with us, right? Of course. I always have my copy of the first passages with me. I even managed to talk a few of my classmates into reading a few. That's great! Are you going to be here for the Harvest Fest? Of course. You know I wouldn't miss it for the world. Plus, I'm thinking of inviting Liz. Your roommate that I heard so much about? One and the same. <laughs> I can't wait to meet her face to face. See? Now wasn't that much better than listening to some snake oil salesman on tape? Hello? I'd like to order the William Cracker Prayer Collection. Yes, I would like extra sacramental snake oil. Thank you. Oh, yes, my credit card number is seven. Hey, the one working phone in this whole apartment. Attention all Uncommon Commons residents. This is a holy reminder that the worship of all false idols within the apartment building is strictly forbidden. Violators will be sent to time out. See, John? Yeah, yeah, you're always right, Jane. The sooner you accept that, the sooner you reach eternity. Now, has anyone ever told you the good news about our overlord, Snigglefig? Uncommon Commons is a podcast. It is written and recorded by George Plank and Alex Vitale, and the theme song is composed by Charles Adam Robinson. Our logo is designed by Sam Vitale. Our social media manager is Rebecca Tewksbury. Email us directly at zeronullstreet at gmail.com. Visit our socials or support us on Patreon in the link tree listed in the description below. Rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Uncommon Comments will return on September 6th. Stay and remember, nothing is real. Hi, it's George. Just wanted to let you guys know that Uncommon Commons has a Patreon. For $1 a month, it gets you access to all of our bonus content, including the common area. Hi there, I'm George. And I don't want to be here. I'm actively dying. How are you doing, George? I'm passively dying, thank you. Huh. For $100 a month, you will be rocketed into the void itself. What mere disassociation could not do, we will do for yeah. you. What is the scariest horror film you've ever seen? Garfield the movie. Interesting. Back <laughs> <No>. it up. <laughs> if I dropped you in Victorian England, you would be the definition of a madman and you'd be in bedlam in five seconds flat. I would be Sherlock Holmes and I would be solving mysteries. <laughs> Plus exclusive stories not available anywhere else, like Help Wanted. Thomas laid on his bed for what may have been hours. He had fallen asleep after letting himself get carried away by the pizza. The pizza box was torn and thrown across the room after every ounce of meat and cheese and grease had been leached from it. The television was on. On it, a puppet was telling a group of kids about the number six. Suddenly, the oven caught on fire. A small pizza inside had gone unattended for too long. Thomas released the crank and made for the emergency exit. Before he could lay his hands on the handle, the flames from the oven encircled him. So, click the link in the description and join us today. Stay. And remember, nothing is real. <laughs>